Hey, hey friends. friends, it's Davion, it's Bruce, and, and this, this is, is Oh, That's, that's My, my gay, gay Friend, episode number 65. Here we go. Let's go. Hey, husband, how are you today? I'm good, husband. How are you? I am blessed and highly favored. Amen and amen. Welcome, friends, to another wonderful episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend, brought to you by Renaissance, Beyond the, Beyond, ooh, Beyond the, ah, Margaritas have kicked in, baby. That's what you get for saying stuff you don't even need to say. You <laughs> <laughs> just be talking and talking. <laughs> it was so good in my head, too. But it's all good. Well, welcome to a wonderful episode brought to you by Renaissance Beyonce's Vagina. See, you could have saved that. <laughs> you could have saved that. That's why it didn't work the first time, because it was not meant to be said. <laughs> But it's funny, because if you went to the concert, you saw that we saw all of the insides of Mama's situations. So, but anyway, you ready to get this shit started? Let's go. All right, friends, you know what time it is. We do it each and every week. Go ahead and get your cocktail ready. And while you gather your selection for tonight, we will tell you what libation we're having tonight and catch you up on our week. So, husband, what are you having tonight? I'm having a nice, cool glass of Riesling. Nice. Oldie but goodie. What about you? I am having a wonderful one margarita. I'm going to open my legs with a Cadillac. So, Cadillac margarita. I've had about seven of these so far. So, this is going to be a, it a sounds wonderful like show. It, <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> it. Let's go. So, let's raise these glasses for a wonderful show. Here we go. Clank, 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 clank. All right. All right. Move nice and cold. Mm-hmm. Well, that was strong too. Number eight, baby. Anything's liable to come out my mouth tonight. All right. So, husband, how has your week been going thus far? My week has been great. Uh, it's mainly consisted of work and potential new possibilities. Yes. That I am excited and optimistic for. So, we just have to sit tight and see how it goes. Other than that, I've been begrudgingly experiencing and bearing with this heat wave that came out of absolutely nowhere in Los Angeles here. Left field, it was like 98 degrees like downtown LA today. The past two or three days, it's been aggressively over 80. Like in the high 80s, low, you know, 90s. And I don't understand what's happening. Yeah, we're, we're in it. LA. Like, October. I don't get it. But, like, it started to cool down to the point where it was like, ooh, this is nice, crisp. Mmm, break out the hoodies. Hell, and the, it rained one day. Yeah. And then a few it, days. Then got through this curveball. I was like, gotcha, bitches. So, <laughs> that's been my week. Just trying not to, you know, chafe from all the sweating. Not chafe. What about you? Uh, week's been good. That's, yeah, it's been okay. a good week. Um. <laughs> no need to expand on that. Great. Good night, everybody. <laughs> See you guys next week. You guys got 24 hours to <laughs> sit with yourself. <laughs> you know, uh, it was good. I officially restarted my program of my muscle bear bodybuilding situation. So that was great. Had some wonderful gym heavy lifting sessions that was awesome yes. and um uh, getting this food situation in order this is really um <laughs> meal prepping and trying to do the right things yeah of all the situations the right so all things add up come you know? on spike lee <laughs> everything adds up so it helps out so the week is was good our weekend was great our weekend we did one thing we had two events saturday to go to yes 
yeah, went to one of my good friends, my good, good, good girlfriend, my big sis, my partner in crime, my ex after I was partner, Kimberly. Um, shout out to you and your husband, Darrell, and your wonderful, beautiful baby boy that's about to come. She had a baby shower. It was great seeing her. I, I feel like I was, I've been at the, the beginning of her process of her getting pregnant. Like, only thing was missing, I just wasn't in the room where her and her husband were fucking. Like, that's the only thing. But everything else yeah. I've been a process because her and I are really close. And to see her with this belly was like, oh, but you really, really pregnant. There's a, a human inside of you right now. But she looked really cute. And the, the, Baby shower was really nice and it was very wholesome and mm. it was just very much Kimberly. Yeah, it was given very much Kimberly. So, um, shout out to the AKAs because she's a hardcore AKA girl. Okay. So um, we did that and then later on that night we met up one of my besties for her birthday. Shout out to Christine for her birthday. Happy birthday, boo! Um, with the crew and that was fun. That was a blast. It was a blast to be had in Venice. Not gonna tell you the spot because we like to keep it because it was cute, and it was some really good food. Yes, it was. Um, but more importantly, the company was great. It was a nice, manageable amount because for me, when the group gets too big, regardless of who is a part of the group, yeah. I just I need a nap because you know when so many. It, it, multiple conversations are happening at once to yeah. me it's just i think that's where duncan our dog gets it from where he's just like okay i gotta go he's like it's too much stimulation for me i literally just sit there and zone out and it's like <laughs> but it was only three it was about seven of us so it was really only like three conversations kind of happening at all at once and i i think that's perfect that's yeah, to my great. point i was like yeah it's a perfect not it, it wasn't so much who was there it was just a nice amount of people there, right, right because we have been so lucky and blessed to you know i bought people that i knew before you brought people that you knew before and we can all coexist and mingle perfectly so it doesn't matter who it is like anyone that we know in our circle yeah, just a formula yeah of having people exactly yeah. the formula is perfect I, the, but I just think the the quantity was great. It was like a nice, intimate. It was the section that we had was nice. Um, the the music and the ambiance was fucking great. They were playing black shit. Um, we aggressively had a, black shit. Aggressive black artists. And that we was had going to act on. aggressively black. And you know we we just had to be in formation. Beyonce came on and we knew what to do. Love on top. Love on top. The video will be on the Instagram. You know. Yeah, <laughs> we did take a, video, a random video. Yeah, so it was a lot of fun. And then Sunday, I worked. Did I work Sunday? Yeah, I worked Sunday. And I don't know what the hell you did. You did something. Let's hear what's up. Uh, so, so, yeah. So, that rounds up our week. And that was it. <laughs> so, good times. Are you ready to get to these topics? Because I feel like yes. they are burning pressing they're meaty to topics about. this week it's not too many but the what we have is a lot of i feel like it's going to be a lot of debate it's going to be a two-hour show <laughs> just it, that's what i'm getting at. that's what i'm getting <laughs> basically that's what i was saying it's it's all about quality not quantity tonight right. but either way it'll still be a long ass episode so buckle up <laughs> <laughs> all right you guys so the first topic we want to talk about is after 27 years I don't want to say the mystery has been solved, but we have a leading suspect. So, Tupac Shakur, rapper Tupac, was my heart. He died September 13, 1996 in Las Vegas. 
He was shot up and he was sitting in the car with, you know, um, Suge Knight, that nigga. But there was a gentleman who has been arrested and he goes by the hood name of Keith D. But his legal name is something. I just don't know it right now. By the way, he killed Tupac. He shot out Tupac. He's a known crip in the crip world. In the crip circles. Yeah. <laughs> in the crip world. Uh-huh. Um, and it surprised me because there have been documentaries where he has like talked about this and talked about passing mm-hmm. the gun and shit of that sort and everything. So to now have an arrest. And I think they said this documentary played a part in the evidence of them finally getting this man after 27 years because it's just crazy. I don't know how why this case became a cold case, but there are people saying there was a financial benefit from Vegas because they didn't want to have a negative connotation tied mm-hmm. to them. So it's a whole lot. But all that to say, we now have identified a person who is responsible for the murder of one of the greatest rappers of all time. There's no debating in that, period. So, what say you when you found out that the murderer was captured? Um, yay. I mean, <laughs> justice for Tupac. Honestly, from like the general consensus after this man was named, everybody was like, well, about time. Because like you said, he has gone on several different platforms and basically admitted it. <laughs> so it's kind of like, okay, why now? Um, but yeah, I hope this is justice for his fans. And um, yeah. Yeah, so his name is actually Dwayne Davis. All right. Dwayne Keefe Keith D. Davis. Now, so. they also said that the reason why he is the only person that has been arrested because everyone else that is associated with the case is dead already. Needs some kill. So <laughs> yeah. Um, finally, this chapter can be put to bed. I do personally believe that there's a bigger, there's bigger, there's more shit behind all of this because I mean you don't go almost thirty years not. Finding someone who clearly wanted to be found right. for a reason. Um, and I, I think that, you know, it does have to do with Las Vegas and a, a bigger criminal, a bigger criminal um, situation at play here. Okay. And Vegas not wanting to be implemented or having like that connotation uh, associated with the city. But you know have have the officials in vegas seen casino like <laughs> vegas was started by the mob like let's not act like we don't know the history of what las vegas is hey you know hey just 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 for tupac right <laughs> yeah, it, it's a, a, again we have someone who's responsible so um he doesn't look like he's on the older side of life he's look like he's in his late Hell 50s. Yeah, 27 years ago <laughs> what do you expect <laughs> but i did hear that Suge Knight will not be testifying against him. I saw that somewhere on TMZ. Big shocker there. I mean, but he like Suge's in jail. Yes, yeah, he's life. got sorry, other girl. fish to fry. So, <laughs> you know, and I'm sure there's alliances in prison he has to, you know, stick with. Yeah, so. just, are we still doing? Is game is game making still a thing? Is like is have we given it? We haven't gathered up yet. Listen, 
there will always be people looking for acceptance, family, and belonging. And if you, for whatever reason, feel that you can find that with people wielding guns and wearing ill-fitting clothes in specific colors, then I, I can mean, go but we have so much mental health resources now. We have a lot of different programs for people, but you not, know, to to feel seen, but not readily to accessible like, to inner youth. It really is. It's, it's there. It's there. You just have to have access to it. So there's so much more to life than just banking on someone like. It was, uh, I'm not going to say it was cute, but all right, it was a cute fad in the 80s, 70s, 80s, 90s. It's 2023, motherfuckers. Like, are we still game-making right now? Like, come on now. So, I don't know, that's just, that's some loser shit. It just, I mean, it's always been, it's always been loser yeah. shit. Especially now, because with me personally, you see a lot of gangbangers and people affiliated with these gangs getting arrested. They're all older they're all like, who are you banging? Like, you're not running away exactly. from any police. You can't. You physically can't. So, yeah. Like, what lucrative benefits did you get from game banging? Like, I want to ask them, like, so, what's your financial prospects? Like, so, did they offer a 401k plan to you? Like, what did you really gain from claiming a territory that wasn't yours that's belonging to the city because you don't <laughs> own this block these blocks so what do you really own you know uh, but i digress <laughs> uh ada accessibility ramps to I get into your so. home into your mother's home right so but um speaking keeping this theme of violence um <laughs> this is not a funny story it's a sad story really sad in florida a florida man um but he's a young man um, for, at age 11 it was on tmz sports Reportedly got into an argument with a teammate after a football practice. The video is very shocking, so if you guys don't like graphic stuff, please don't watch it. But if you are okay with watching things, go to TMZ Sports and it's on there. And you see him go to run to a car after he's kind of disputing with some other teammates. And he's looking under the seat. Next thing you know, he pulls out a gun and he runs up to his teammates and he shoots two of them. And it's the saddest fucking thing. It's like, are you kidding me? He's 11 years old. Then you see who I assume is his mother runs, grabs him, try to take the gun from him. And then uh, allegedly they said that she called the police. Do you understand the level of passivity that I would fucking have if you shot my fucking child? That little 11-year-old is a murderer. He's an attempted murderer. You should, your ass going to jail. You know what the fuck you were doing. This is not... Grand Theft Auto, this is not Mortal Kombat, this is, you went, intentionally went to go get a gun out your parents' car that was in the car, under the seat, to take it to shoot someone. Your mama should be indicted and go to jail. You little boy, you should have some jail and I'm sorry. Like, that's crazy. What do you think about this story? It, it's absolutely disgusting. Everyone in that household honestly needs to see a prison or juvenile hall um, for a, an extensive amount of time. The fact that he thought it was okay to grab the gun is an issue. The fact that the gun was readily accessible to an 11-year-old is an issue. The fact that... <laughs> The fact that a gun can just casually be sitting in your car is an issue. This is America, and this is a prime example as to why we need to reassess 
these gun laws. I and the fact and this is and this goes to show why everyone does not need to carry. Right. It just it does not make sense. Not everyone common sense is not common for everyone. Right. And this just goes to show why Pete, everybody should not have a gun. I'm sorry. They should. And in the, in, in the video, you see him go to the passenger side of the car. Then he looks like he's looking underneath the passenger seat or maybe the driver's seat. So he knew where the gun was in his parents' car. Yeah. He had access to it. He had either the door was unlocked or he got the key. We have no idea. But then to take the gun, cock the motherfucker back, and then he had the arm up, socked to the side, and do do. On two people and oh. didn't give a fuck. Like it wasn't no this is a toy gun. This is that motherfucker was like y'all dead. I'm killing y'all. So your thought process, like again, his he needs rehabilitation, but also needs to pay for the crime he committed. And it's unfortunate, of course, not to say of course, but happened to be a young black man. And it's so sad. It's, it's a really sad situation. It is extremely sad, but for some people, that is a way of life. Like like you said in the video, the young man knew what he was doing. He knew how to handle it. Me, if you give me a gun in my hand, I'm going to... I What? <laughs> like, what, what? I'm sorry. How, how does this work? Of course, I know how gun in theory works, but right. I'm not going to... It's not going to come naturally to me. Let's just say that. And I play Mortal Kombat. I play Grand Theft Auto. But still, I, I've i never been around that. So I don't know. So it won't come naturally to me is, is the point that I'm trying to make. He's seen this before. Yes. He has a point of reference. And for that, everyone in that household needs to see some jail time. Yeah, I, I don't know how you can not justify it. The parents being responsible, as well as him, and just thoughts and prayers to the to, to the two who were injured. They didn't succumb to their injuries, so they are still alive. They're oh, thank still, God! They are still. I want to say they were either in critical condition, but they they're gonna survive. But that's just a lot to take in, and it was two thirteen year olds that he shot, and it's disturbing. But this the reality that we live in nowadays, and it's unfortunate. So very. Um, so it seems like when we, when we were coming up with our topics to discuss with you guys, friends, uh, we had a theme kind of going on here. And the first half of this was violence, um, what we covered. And so the second half of this is going to be racial relations between black and white people. Okay, so just buckle yourself up in. We have some good stories and some not so good stories. Um, actually, they're all not good stories. <laughs> they're all bad stories. So, you know, let's take this racial ride and just roll with your boys. All right. So, uh, fortunately, we have to report that Tamar Braxton and her TV love she found on Queen's Court, JR, who was a Caucasian attorney, they have broken up after being together for... Let's just say less than a year. It was less than a year, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, because the show, well, a little more than a year, because the show came out 2023. I think it was shot 2022. So, yeah, you're right. Less year or some change. Mm. But they've called it quits. 
he made the statement on social media saying he's trying to get back positive energy in his life and things which led me to believe are you trying to call Tay Tay negative energy like what's going on like what's the problem because Tay has a upcoming tour for Love and War it's been 10 years since that album came out and she has tour dates coming up and she's going to be in LA and I, I kind of want to check the show out because she's rehearsing and everything I'm down so but I, I find it sad for her because they really seem like they were in love or like with each other. Because they also had a YouTube channel called Something Black and White. or it was, But it was kind of playing off the fact that, you know, she's black, he's white. Mm-hmm. And they even, she would always do a live about chicken wraps from Burger King and how he got the wrong chicken wrap from her. And just, they just seemed cute together. Yeah. So it, was, it really saddens me that they have called this quits. Um, but best of luck to both of them. He has about 15,000 kids, just jokingly. I think he has seven, and she only has Logan the one. And she mm. was even trying to be a stepmom to the kids. But remember when they first started dating, the baby mama started coming out talking shit about yeah. her. Like she mm-hmm. is not what she's trying to portray on TV yeah. or what have you, as it relates to, you know, blending the family. So. Were you saddened by Tamar and Jared breakup? You know what? I am. I'm saddened at any breakup that happens because I am a big proponent for love. But I'm also a big proponent of accountability. And the statement that Jared made saying that he wanted to get back to positivity, it absolutely was to insinuate that Tamar is negative. Like Taylor Swift says, it's her. Hi. She's the problem. It's her. We've seen through Braxton Family Values, Tamar's own individual uh, short-lived reality show Mm -hmm. that was produced by Mona Scott. And even in certain episodes of the Queen's Court, Mama's got issues. She, she has some issues challenges with accountability. Okay. On all three of these shows, the consistency and the commonality has been her having a lack of ownership on the things that she does and the things that she say. Okay. And I it, it, it people will only put up with so much I think it'll go a long way if there is, you know, hey, this is my shit. I'm working through it. But when you when there is a denial and a lack of ownership on how you conduct yourself in relationships with family, their sisters, with friends, co-workers, Mona Scott, and in relationships, it's like mama, because you really have to think about it. I'm not talking just on a relationship aspect. Just okay. things in general for Tamar have not worked out. The real. Her relationship with her sisters. The reality show that Mona Scott did. Like, it's just... Uh, the the common denominator is her. her. Her music career not being where it absolutely should be. Because she is one of the top five vocalists in this industry today. Yes. Facts. But it's everybody else but her. 
It's the music industry. It's the sisters are tripping. It's the man tripping. It's producers are tripping. It, it's everyone. It has been her her storyline throughout her public life has been it is everybody else but me. But I do feel she's taking some accountability and she's worked on How? herself. After and the, saying after, you're working on yourself is not working on yourself. Well, no, I think after the death by suicide attempt that failed and and that having that happening and freeing herself from um, the devil of WeTV and all of these things, I think that she really, for what it appears, and just, again, I don't know her by no stretch of the imagination, which I did, but I don't. But just following her and, and looking at and the things she's been on, the things she said, she's saying she's worked on herself. She she understands she has some challenges, and she's trying to be in the more in a positive situation, a positive space, right? So, although I do hear you understand, okay, what you're saying, she may, you know, be a a problem. Do you, I don't know in this case that could it, it could be true it may not be true maybe he has some maybe he has some shit going on i know recently her car there's footage of her car being broken into i think at i don't know who parking garage she was at I someone's think it was house her parking garage or something. i thought she lived i thought listen i don't want to go in there but um who knows I hear what you're saying about, you know, the... And I didn't even bring up the relationship with the Indian or the uh, Jamaican guy, the African guy with the braids or the dreads. Oh, that loser-ass nigga. No, fuck him. No, 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 no. He he had some... That girl has some claim to fame shit. He want, she wanted to be on TV. I'm just Just saying. like I think Gerard did, too. I think he mentioned he was like, he didn't want no fame, whatever. But, like, you know what mm. this is. He was did like, I see? didn't want fame or blah, blah, blah. But you know who you were coming to date. So, let's not act like you wouldn't have that. Additional sidebar tea to what you just mentioned. Did you see that Holly Robinson Pete, executive producer and one of the hosts of the show, the show in JR statement, he had mentioned that the Queen's Court people, tried to get him several times. Yes. And Holly Robinson Pete responded directly to his Instagram message in a comment saying, I don't remember it happening that way. We only reached out to you once and you were the most eager and the most prepared out of all of the suitors. Mm. But I hope the best for you and all of your future endeavors. So, yes, I do believe what you're saying there is. A, he definitely seemed like he wanted to I think he, wanted the, he wanted the fame. And the, the show that they had on YouTube was called All Things Black and White. So, you know, play on, you know, the black and white relationship. I just feel that he's seen op opportunist, opportunistic while they were while he was trying to court her and be the suave, smooth dude. And you know what was really interesting though, this is some other truty. Uh, you know, again, I don't stock Tamar by no stretch of the imagination. I just follow her a lot, but she had a live video where. So if you guys watched the family, so let me tell you my thoughts. She had a live video where it was her, Vince, Jr., and Vince's girlfriend or, or whoever he's dating, and she always talked about Vince like uh, blondes on on the filming of uh, Branson Family Values. So it just so happened with this video, it's literally a video of them. She's with Jr. and Vince is with a white woman, and they're both so they're you know divorced 
co-parents together, but they're with their new spouses, and both of them happen to be Caucasian. I just thought that was the cat's meow. I just thought that to find that to be very hilarious. Well, sometimes it be like that. Just <laughs> <laughs> so like okay, but you know, again, uh, we we wish love and light to all parties. We wish you fine. Who were you supposed to be meant to be? Tamar, go out here on this tour, slay, do your thing, because the fans. We need another album like Love and War. Don't let it be another 10 years. I know the last album was, it was all right. It was good, but I need the produce, the production of Love and War and get your ass in the studio. Okay. So. Here, here. You have anything left on, on nope, them? We can move on. <laughs> <laughs> so, take, still keeping it in the realm of celebrity. I, I and I, well, I'm not going to shake them. I'll shake them on something else. Um, we have two Negroes who were football players, uh, both retired, and they decided to go on a live together and talk about the reason why they don't date black women. And and they glorified their, well, I'm not going to say glorified, but they justified the reason why they only date white women. So Terrell Owens was on live with Chad Ochocinco, your boo thing, and he discussed why he doesn't date black girls. It's a long clip. I wanted to play a part of it, but the husband looked at me and was like... No, you didn't say part. You said you wanted to play the whole clip. <laughs> and after three minutes of listening to that clip, I gave you the hardest side eye of my fucking life. Because it's just... Okay, so it's very interesting. So you guys, um, friends of the pod, go to the shade room. It's on the shade room. You can see it's like three clips of Chad and Terrell talking about this. But... Rap to basis, put a synopsis on it. Terrell uh, Owens basically says when he was younger, he tried to date black girls. They didn't like him. He wasn't growing to his manhood in college. You know, he got attention from the white girls. He played football. And then, you know, they just happened to like him. So that's what he went with. And, you know, he wants to wake up to one attractive. That's what he, I'm using his words. That's what he said. You know, you always want to make someone attractive. And he's like, now I'm just basing off of the energy. I want to connect with the energy of the person and not the race and all these things. And Chad is just smiling and laughing. Now, we both know these two men to be very synonymous with dating strictly white women. Well, not because Evelyn Lozada is not white. Okay. Today, non-black woman. There you go. <laughs> so, let's go. Okay. Um, I just found, I found some issues with what they're saying and not the fact that if you, people have preferences and I say that all the time. And again, I have multiple people in my family, different races. The only issue I have with this is how this plays onto younger black women who already have the world against them already about certain shit. And then he just, and the thing that bugged me with the world, he said, you want to wake up to someone attractive. That's the part that really stuck out to me. It's like, so what the fuck are you saying? You saying black people aren't attractive? Like, say who you want to date. Say, okay, you were a late bloomer. You, you know, got body or whatever when you got older. And so the white girls were throwing pussy at you. Say that. That's fine. We Listen, we knew, they knew what it was. Maybe you were fetishized behind. They fetishized you. And you liked it. That's fine. Whatever. But when you're like, well, I tried to date black girls, but I don't, did you really try? I don't really know. And it's not to me to judge, but I just think that this narrative that is out there 
when you see these type of gentlemen talk like this, it just does. I, it just does something to me where I just I feel for I have young black nieces who have so much against them already, and now to add this layer of there's going to be black men who who think like this, who don't value or see them as beautiful or what have you. Um, it's just sad to to see this, and I also just want to know how did this shit, how did who wanted this conversation? Why did y'all niggas feel like y'all had to fucking record it and then put it on social media? So that's my gripe with this whole thing. But what say you? Oh, well, follow me with this. Okay. I don't have a problem with this clip. Um, again, I don't know. I, I saw the clip. I don't know the context leading into the clip. But I don't have a problem with it at all. I equate it to the same vein of that we've discussed on this pod with, you know, I take... Uh, racist that's up front over one that's covert. If you are racist, let me know straight up. Don't say that you're not and then, you know, do some other backhanded shit. It's the same with them. They are into white women or they're into non-black women. We've clearly seen this based on their track record. So them saying it is 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 just just them saying that water's wet to me okay. and you know people are always going to gravitate to what gravitates towards them you like me so i'm gonna like you everyone has done it everyone is guilty of that my bigger thing is it shouldn't matter what they have to say or their pre or expressing their preferences because we all got them it should not dictate the self-esteem of any black woman out there because we the men who love black women should be loving on black women me i as a gay man i love black women the most beautiful objects in the world I tell all my black women friends all the time how beautiful they are to the point where I think they're like creeped out. I'm constantly responding uh, to Instagram posts and stunning, fierce, fabulous. And I think that we should do that to our girls coming up, our cousins, our sisters, our aunties, our friends, to the point where no man that's not even checking for them anyway should affect how they see themselves in the gay community it is synonymous and this is a saying that's extremely popular no fats no fems <laughs> on all the gay sites <laughs> on it, it that's just the culture right right and guess what i'm both but at the same time i know i'm fine as fuck especially when i put an outfit together oh you can't tell me nothing <laughs> I'm constantly posting selfies on Instagram and full body pics. So that goes to say, Are you trying to think of what you think is on here? Like No, I'm I'm trying to show that I love myself yeah. and I don't care what anyone has to say in my community or outside of my community. It doesn't dictate how I see myself. Right. I post for me, for no one else. My page is private, but I'm still gonna post if I think I look fly, which I always do because I am. My point I'm making is this. Everyone's always going to have a preference. That is not wrong. 
nor is it wrong to express that preference. And I don't think he did it in a disrespectful way. He literally just said what it is. He tried to date black girls. They didn't like him. So he went to where he felt his ego could be stroked. And that's all that men really want anyway. In any aspect. Is to feel good about themselves. And if Becky with the good hair can make him feel like his dick is huge. When you know Latrice probably was like his dick is meh. <laughs> of course he ain't gonna do nothing but date Becky's that ain't got nothing to do with me that shouldn't have anything to do with the black girls out there cause he probably ain't shit anyway I mean I'm not gonna say he's not shit I'm just I guess I'm just like again this the conversation because again it's publicized and it's it's there and it's out and you you had a live to discuss it so if you want feedback you want something so that's what I'm trying to see how where did this concept come from like who started this conversation? How did this come up? And he also, they kind of also referenced where, you know, excuse me, in the field, they were like, you know, and being an athlete, you know, it's always that, you know, that, um, not ideal, but it's always that, that situation that they look at like, okay, well, yeah, as soon as you go pro, you're going to date a white girl. It's like, well, y'all niggas are proving this shit. So if it's, just, if it's a stigma that's out there, you're feeding right into it. So it's like, did you really again? If that's what you want, that's what you want. But it it when you I don't know if you ever questioned yourself or look like okay, well, damn, like is it something about me or being in situations when you when people are shitting on people who look like you, right? I and not feeling. Like, okay, well, shit, am I attractive? Like, do, like, why, why won't I qualify to be something that you may be into? I don't, I just, I just don't, I just, it didn't sit well with me watching two black men on social media have a conversation about why they white girls. It just didn't sit well with me. Mm. And that's, again, me being a male black man protector of black women, having black nieces, um, Cousins, mama, aunties. <laughs> Your mom's black? What? Right. <laughs> but more importantly, really my really my nieces. Like mm. my nieces and seeing them knowing who they are and, and knowing that there's a man I and them seeing shit like this. It just really affected me but the thing that. is so. your nieces are now our nieces. Well our I fucking, say of course our nieces but our I'm are fucking baddies and none, I can guarantee you none of them are checking for them to crusty niggas <laughs> so it's like you are you are you are taking on a fight that nobody yeah is. it's just I guess, I guess it's just again just the optics, the optics of it right mm-hmm. just the fact of is that and again and I know this may sound like a contradiction like when you saying love who you love I do say love who you love but I think when you get a justification of why you don't do X, Y, and Z that's kind of like are you really loving who you love then because if you get love who you love it's like well oh, they're all girls if a black girl came they weren't checking for me but they come now okay cool but you're not saying that that's not your okay. narrative your saying, narrative so is saying added that caveat yeah your narrative them. is saying I tried and they like me so now I'm all the way over here it's not like okay well I still will be open to it that's not what these niggas said but to be completely so, honest, Trell Owens is the corniest dude out there. We've seen him well, on reality corny, shows. But I mean, Chad, yes, Chad too is corny. He has a little bit more flavor than Trell, which is why he's, you know, I guess, bag Latinas and black adjacent. But, <laughs> you know, yeah. I Again, I just rather 
them be truthful about it instead of gaslight and be like, no, I love black, beautiful Nubian queens. And then you go to Getty Images and it's nothing but like them with white bitches. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but the comments, listen, y'all, just go to the go to the shade room. And this was posted about six days ago. Just go to the shade room and just find this and just read the comments. Because sometimes it's not even about the content. It'd be about the comments that you oh, want to read. About the comments, and the obviously. comments, they go in on that on this shit. They go in on these motherfuckers. So check it out. It's there. Let us know how you feel about it. Go to our page on IG at OS My Gay Friend. Put a comment down there. And let us know if you feel that this was an appropriate conversation for them to put on social media or not you know let us know how you guys think about that so moving forward still keeping this thing with black and white let's go but we all want unity but apparently at the real housewives of all the franchises <laughs> according to lanithia leaks mr uh andy cohen does not want unity between the black woman and the Caucasian woman because she sat down with Bethany Frankel on a podcast interview and spoke to Bethany about the differences between the how the black women are treated specifically in Atlanta. I think she was talking about them mm -hmm. compared to the other franchises. And so this, I do want to play <laughs> the clip because it was very, very interesting. So, so hold on for a second, you guys. Teresa flipping a table. You had Teresa pushing Andy down. You had girls busting glasses. You got people doing all kinds of stuff. My feelings were they pretty men is 100% different on the show than yours. You had Teresa flipping a table. You had Teresa pushing Andy down. You had girls busting glasses. You got people doing all kinds of stuff. My feelings were pretty much said, F that black period because they completely but Vicky is back over there working and everything is fine Lisa Vanderpump walk off the show never return he must say she still got Vanderpump and she can still sit over there and talk to him all day long if she want to Teresa can go to prison and stay for 10 years and they'll wait till she get back and then the show will start again okay but the black girls do not get that same treatment she still got so do you think what she said was factual and, and truth or she's lying? Listen, I've disagreed with a lot of things Nini has said and much like Tamar, I think she has a big part to play, predominantly the part to play in the situation that she's in now, but I think she's spit nothing but facts this instance. Yes. There is there has always been a clear double standard in reality. In general, not just talking about Bravo, but in general. Honestly, to get back on just Bravo, all of the other predominantly white or white-only franchises have been physically vi violent with each other way before any physical violence happened on Potomac. Way before any physical violence on Atlanta. Right. But... When it comes to Potomac and Atlanta, people are always so quick to bring up Monique, so quick to bring up Portia, mm -hmm. so, so quick to bring up those instances, but completely leave out, you know, fucking um, 
Danielle pulling on Margaret's ponytail or <laughs> leave out, you know, Teresa literally flipping a fucking flipping table. a table extremely aggressively. And the word aggressive has never, never been brought been up for Teresa. Never been you used to them bitches. Never heard aggressive being brought up for Teresa at all. Yep. But you know, on basketball wives, they call an OG aggressive and she's never laid a finger on anything. Yeah. Not even inanimate objects like a table, let alone a person. So, yes, I completely agree with Mimi that there is and has always been and probably, unfortunately, will always be um, a double standard when it comes to when it comes to uh, black women. And to be completely honest, there's always been a double standard when it comes to the marketing and promotion and dollars invested in the predominantly black franchises versus the white. Case in point, they just updated <laughs> the uh, like the uh, the title card for Real Housewives of Atlanta this season. It's horrible with the white stairs and everything. Yeah. But for the longest time, it was the same ass orange background. They still had the same ass dresses, black dresses for the past like six seasons. Meanwhile, Beverly Hills, which just up until the last two seasons had substantially less ratings than Atlanta, they get updated title cards every single season. So tell the people what the title card is. One, the opening of the show. You know when the music comes on here. So the introduction, showing the ladies, the introduction, and their taglines. Yes. Okay. Those are called title cards, and at the end, when they all hold their peach, their diamond, their mimosa, whatever it is. Beverly Hills has gotten a new updated and fresh one every single season. Whereas Atlanta has had the same for like four. They update Atlanta's like every four to five seasons. Regardless if there's a new girl or not, they just throw her ass in the same color dress that all the other bitches are wearing. And they'll Photoshop her in so uh, into the really? line. Really? I never paid that no attention. Yes. Okay. So Atlanta... Potomac, the same with Potomac, they'll update theirs every two to three years. Yeah, Potomac hasn't been around that long, so... Potomac's been around seven years. Okay. So, every two to three years, they get theirs updated. But again, Beverly Hills has gotten theirs updated... Every year. Every single year. And Atlanta, for the first, I would say, six seasons of Beverly Hills uh, being on, crushed them in ratings. Okay. So, my point being... There's a disproportionately distributed <laughs> uh, money that's right. happening. And the only difference I could see uh, is the color of the, 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 color of the skin. <laughs> because now, yes, Beverly Hills is like the number one rated show. Right. But they deserve that. They deserve it now. Yes. But did they deserve it then? I think even but then there was still... It was epilons that you wanted to see. Again, prior pre-COVID, you wanted that grandeur and you wanted the fantasy. So you wanted to live in all of that. So I definitely can see probably the reason why they chose to okay, do that. Andy because Cohen. Of, no, no, I'm just saying no. I'm, I'm saying I'm just saying because to keep up with the Joneses, right? To keep up with this this opulence and blah 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 type shit. Now my issue I have with Andy is he talked to the girls way different the black girls than he did to the white girls. But he's learned to not try it with them because he 
He would yell. Well, no. Who who did he yell at? Jersey. He, he yelled screamed, at Jersey. He, he screamed at he Jersey. Screamed at those bitches. He would never try that shit at motherfucking um at Atlanta. But also when he did Vanderpump Rules, he there was so much he should have shut down. He should have calmed their ass all over that. He was just so cool, calm, collected. He let them bash fucking poor um Tom. Uh people the people champ that they love to hate. He they did so much shit, and he never stepped in to silence them. But there's something about when he hosts for Atlanta and Potomac, he always tends to have this type of like shady undertone or these like really pointed questions that just dig a little at these women that he doesn't do with OC or Salt Lake. Or Miami, which no one really checks. I don't check for Miami. Miami, they had to have a rebirth. And I guess now they're doing a little better. But he always just tends to have this little oomph for the woman of color when he's asking certain questions. He always is always a little more a little more shadier with them. I don't know if you ever noticed that before. You think so? And I, just pay attention to the reunion. Like when Atlanta, well, Atlanta just went off. Um, so who's gonna have another reunion? Um, we have Roni coming up. Current. He's gonna be different from them, but I, just pay, mark my words. Okay, so guys, this episode is on October sixth. Mark my words. When Potomac have their reunion, Andy is going to ask more prying, digging, pointed questions to Potomac than he would have for Roni. That's all I'm saying. So, and you guys can run the tape back. He he does it all the time. And it was pointed out to me by several people who were like, they don't like watching the reunion because they feel like when they were black women, he tends to have this air or attitude. It's condescending? Sense. It's very condescending. He has a condescending tone when he asks certain questions. Just pay attention to it. Just watch, watch your reunion. Pull up Atlanta reunion season number eight with... Pull up the one with Phaedra lying about candy and then pull up Teresa and go into jail and see the difference how he asks questions. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, well, you have homework, friends. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but check out the interview with Nene and Bethany. It's really worth the watch. Uh, it's a lot of insightful situations that, that happen. And you really have two legends of the Real Housewives game who took it to a different level. I mean, one is richer than the other one. Let's be just be clear about that. Um, but both are icons. In both are icons in their own Real right. Housewives and they both, they both put a staple on the franchises. So that's why I'm saying it's a good watch. So definitely check out the, the podcast and let us know what you think. Okay? So... Husband, you have a story that continues on with our theme of black versus white. Well, not black versus white, but just <laughs> race relations, uh, shall we? Because um, uh, black versus white is just a pointer. Well, I, okay. Again, friends, you know we're joking. We, we take all this in stride. So, there's been reports of a man, a, a man in Queens, a 48-year-old man by the name of Marcus Rosebrock. So, he sounds Caucasian. That he is. Okay. He had a problem with a neighbor. 
Oh. A noise ordinance problem that he decided to take into his own hands. So the, the neighbors were black. Oh, okay. Just so these black neighbors were having a birthday party on their premises in their backyard. There was uh, lights. <laughs> there was music being played. Okay. People had fun being had. The function. They had a function going on. They had on. a function going on. A function. We got here trying to function. So, to function. Marcus, who had a problem with the noise happening and that and the party goers, he decided to take a water hose. I'm sorry. <laughs> in I'm his sorry. backyard. He took a what? A water hose okay. that was in his backyard and decided to spray over his fence into the neighbor's yard and sprayed the party of predominantly black and Latino people. You lying and the truth is not in you. The devil would you are you you are completely lying at this point and telling me the story. I am not. So <laughs> <laughs> the the story the story gets bigger. So Marcus <laughs> Marcus Rosebrock, who is a man of German, uh, is a German man. He is being sued by the Black family, and rightfully so. But his biggest complaint is that what he did was not racially motivated. It all stemmed from. The noise. Apparent, allegedly. What's alleged? He asked them to turn it down. There allegedly his wife walked through the house with her dog to the party to tell them in person to turn it down. Mind you, helped herself sorry. into the, their house. She walked yep. through the people front door? Yeah, not her house. The people's. Uh, to tell them to turn it down, to which they did not. And I guess that is what prompted Marcus Rosebrock to do what he did with the water hose. But now he's saying that since the video has gone viral, because there is a video of him spraying the water hose okay. over the fence. Okay. Not one that he recorded, but one of the party goers. Okay. At the party, you know, you're having fun. You got your phone out. Taking yeah. Next thing you know, you see a stream of water coming from across the fence. You know. spraying everyone they started screaming and running uh, but marcus uh the man that did it with the water hose is claiming that his family is getting death threats his kids are getting death threats um as a response to the viral video and the black family like i said is suing marcus because they're saying it was racially motivated and it was akin to the civil rights movement where black people got hosed down. Yes. So my question to you as a homeowner who periodically has backyard boogies and function and uh -huh. who will have one coming up. Yes. Um, do you think that Marcus is wrong for spraying his neighbors with the water hose that happened to be black when he happens to be white? Let me crack my neck real quick before I get this answer. Because I'm about to go all the way fucking in. So let me tell you this small little secret, okay? I wish Marcus lived next door to us. And I wish he did that to our function. I promise you Marcus wouldn't be. I promise you Marcus would be somewhere he don't want to be. Yeah. 
he yes. So people, friends out there, when you have a function, and if you have a so if you have a function and you have a good neighborhood, right? You try to maybe talk to your neighbor and say, Hey, I'm gonna have a function, just let you know. It may be a little noisy, you know. Just let you know. To get give them a heads up. Because mm-hmm. you know you don't know people work schedule. You know what people got going on in their life. And if it, I'm assuming it was on the weekend, I'm assuming. But either way, we collectively all know, I think, as human beings who live in America, ten o'clock is like the ten PM is like the noise ordinance, like in in I'll say suburban neighborhoods, right? Where you can kind of all right, have a party by ten o'clock. Maybe lower the music somewhat, not blaring all the light, all the way loud or what have you, right? And also be mindful of your neighbors. Our block, we happen to be the youngest people on the block, so our neighbors are to the left of us are older, to the right of us they are younger, but they don't have too many functions. When they have a function, it's very rare. When they have, they go party like four in the morning. We like, hey, we get it. They don't have parties that much. On our block, we have the most parties, so. They don't mind, but at a certain time we do turn the noise down. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you, you so what they should have done is they try. I guess the wife tried to talk to the people. You walk in that. You know, you don't walk in people's houses because we don't no. fucking know you. So ring my doorbell, knock on the door, or even scream my name, or what have you. But you walked in the house though, you were wrong for that. Number one. But so then, therefore, after you walked in my house uninvited. There's nothing you can say I want to hear you. So I can understand them not paying that paying that bitch dust. I can understand them painting her dust, right? So then so you elected to go to your backyard to turn your water hose on, to cut it up to the highest level of pressure, and then you took that hose and you spread it over my fence. If I had a blowtorch, I would have blew that shit right back over to him because you got a water. Like I would have set his house on fire. Like there's so much I would have when you're angry and you're not thinking logically because you started with me i didn't start with you but I, I appreciate these black people taking the the appropriate measures to handle this in a non-violent way oh yeah because i mean assault is assault regardless of its retaliation or not <laughs> so <laughs> i appreciate them taking it in the because if you if if you spray something over my way, the way I was raised, we're going to spray something back. And it ain't going to be no goddamn water. Okay. That's all well, I'm saying. Like, the family I come from, you spray, you spray water, they're going to spray something else. I'm just saying. So, well, Marcus will get what he wants <laughs> because you will be in jail and the neighborhood will be No, quiet. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> with that, you, with that I'm period. just saying. So, it's very, ugh. It's not even entitlement. It's just how dare you, sir, take a water hose to spray your neighbors? Like then you could call law enforcement. Like there's steps you could have taken before doing your action. You could call law enforcement and say, "Hey, there's a party. It's going on a little too longer, a little long. It's the they're being disruptive. Have law enforcement come out. They talk to people. It's a noise ordinance, whatever. They deal with that." But you chose not to do that. You took it into your hands. So that's what I'm saying. So if, if people start to fuck your house up, they took it into their hands because you started the shit. That's how I see it. So again, <laughs> I really appreciate the people showing restraint. 
they showed that they that's an example of Michelle Obama. When they go low, we go high. Because mm-hmm. that couldn't have been me. Like something. Do you remember on Noah's Ark when Chance found Eddie cheating? Yeah. And Chance was in the car and they would kept yah, yah, yah. And then Chance just rammed the car into the fucking house. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was backing up and I don't know what happened. I don't know how my foot got on the gas and my car is in your house now. Like, there's just shit that just would have fucking happened as a reaction to you spraying me and my guests with water from your yard. So what say you? How have you handled that situation? I mean, not like that. Because, I mean, if you were to do those things that you mentioned, I would just have to go into my Golden Girls era and rent out the other bedrooms and have roommates because you would be in jail. (laughs) That's not the answer. Not necessarily. Retaliation is not the answer to everything. Um, But my thing is this. I hope that family who is suing Marcus for watering up the event gets absolutely everything that they're asking for because they deserve it. Why? There is a no, no, like you said, a noise ordinance. Mm-hmm. And for where they live, I looked it up, in Queens, it is 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. Okay. Now, if they were being loud after 10 p.m., you don't even have to go say anything because... The way I would prefer it go down, if you are unlucky enough to be in a neighborhood where there isn't that mutual respect and give and take. Because that's what we're lucky. We're lucky enough to have that in our neighborhood. Right, we are. Our neighbors, sometimes they keep the party going until 2 a.m. But it's so infrequent that I don't mind it. Right. And ours is much more frequent, but we don't go that late. The latest we'll go is probably like midnight. Oh, well, are we just with the party inside? That's what I'm saying. It, yeah. I'm saying what affects our neighbors. Yeah. We'll do, and that's pushing it because it gets fucking cold. It's pushing it. We'll do it till midnight, and that's it. There's been no complaints on either side because we both understand there's a give and take, right? Right. But in this situation with Mr. Uh, Marcus Rosebrock, if it's after 10, then you could have called the police and just said anonymously hey i'm in this neighborhood it's a little loud it's after the noise or it's after the noise ordinance it's quiet time can you just let them know the police they're not gonna roll up kick the door in get get fuck on the floor they're gonna knock if they don't get a response then they would do what the woman did but they're policemen right so it would have a different situation they can say hey it's late. Can you turn it down a little bit? Problem solved. The fact that, like you said, the entitlement was there where he felt he needed to take matters into his own hands mm-hmm. because he is a white man in America and God forbid someone isn't doing what he wants them to do when he wants them to do it. Right. Yeah, that's not okay. And it's not regardless if they had fucking trampolines uh, subwoofers in the back, fucking uh, uh, petting zoo at midnight. That was not okay. And seeing the video, when I saw the video, looked at it. It didn't seem loud. No, it seems like exactly what we do. Yeah, like, <laughs> and it was like a it's backyard like patio. It was light. It was well, well lit. And then you just see water. And people are like, what the fuck? So 
even if the even you know we know noise carry right. When you, the higher you have the music, the louder people voices go higher, right? Yes. So even if they put the music to a mid tempo, the voices are still going to go higher. So if you can't get upset about chatter, so again, I, again, you 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 elected to make this the, to make the decision to walk downstairs and to go to your backyard to cut the water hose on and spray these people, and now I hope they get your house. The end. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it, I hope they put a lien in your fucking house. I concur. They sue. You can't pay them. They put a lien in your house. They take your house, and you gotta fucking move. Yeah, it's either that or the alternative to that, which was some of the options you post. You <laughs> that you listen, that, that you car, posted. That listen, someone car would have been that the man. Yeah, it's all like don't. Uh, I'm an Aquarius. Okay, when we get quiet, you be, be careful. Like we are, we could think of some evil shit. That's all I'm saying. Um, to get you back and have no feelings about it. So, but moving on from this topic, let's get into our. Have segment. you ever wondered why? Have you ever wondered why people with fucking entitlement? Let's go with that. I know. Let's. I love the transitions tonight. So let's talk about it. So, friends out there, have you ever wondered why people feel entitled to request specifics from celebrities? Hmm? And you got to think about this because. I think we've all fallen victim to it at one point in time. But specifically, very recently, I have something, um, I have case in point. Actor Anthony Mackie, who has been in various films, but most notably is The Falcon in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay was out recently doing his own thing in a public space, smoking a cigar, drinking some cognac. He had his, like a nice night. Right. He had his three liter of Coke, probably had a little rum and Coke situation going mm-hmm. on. A young man with his camera phone approaches him to ask for an autograph. So a young man. A so young man. A minor. An actual young teenager. Oh, a minor. Yes, yes. Minor. Yeah, a minor. Okay. Yes, a minor. Not, you know. Not too young, but yes, a minor, um, approaches him to ask for an autograph. Anthony graciously declines, says, no, thank you. Not today. Okay. The young man, or the kid, goes uh, to his grandmother. Are they black or white? They're black. Okay. He goes to his grandmother and explains the situation because I'm sure she's like, hey, baby, what's going Where's your autograph? <laughs> and he's like, well, Why the grandma he's all, you know, he's all, well, Nana, uh, Anthony didn't want to take, didn't want to take a picture or, picture yeah, or sign my autograph. Right. So, of course, Nana, like, wait, hold on, sugar. Let me, <laughs> let me go investigate. So she goes over to get her own clarity okay. with Anthony. To which he doubles down and says, no, I'm not taking any pictures or signing an autograph. Grandma says, so just to be clear, because Anthony said, I cannot. And the grandma got wanted clarity and said, you cannot take a picture or you will not take a picture. He said, I will not. Okay. Have a great day. To which grandma said, but you're a superhero. Anthony said, staying true to his convictions, 
I cannot take a picture nor will I sign an autograph, but you guys have a great day. Now, this interaction, it has as well gone viral online. Okay. And like you said, the comments is where you go for the good the stuff. Shit. The shit. And it seems to be, the reception seems to be split down the middle where people are saying, you know, he absolutely should have taken a picture. His entire career is on the back of young, the youth out there because of the role that everyone knows him for. Okay. Uh, which is being a superhero, being in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Playing while, the actor of a superhero. Yes. Got it. Okay. While the Keep other half is saying this is a boundary. He, in the video, clearly, he had a cigar in his mouth. He had his yak in his hand. And maybe he just didn't want to be in a picture like that with a young child. Right. So, what say you on this situation? Are you Team Nana or Team Anthony Mackie? Team Anthony all day. First of all, I am not a superhero. I play one on TV. Okay? I'm Anthony. The Falcon is the Falcon. So, in my own personal time, as I'm sitting at this bar and you have impeded on my time for myself or with my friends or colleagues or whoever I'm with... You young man have came over, you spotted me, you acknowledged me, and I've taken the moment to take the present with you, say thank you, I see you, but I, I will not, I can't take it. I'm not I'm not taking photos right now. But thank you, I appreciate you. Please keep watching the Falcons in the shows. Mm-hmm. When you then go get the parent and your parent comes talk to me, I don't know what your what you didn't your child didn't understand, but I'm not taking a picture. And I'm telling you, I'm not a superhero, I'm a person. I am on my personal space. Now, if you take one of me, I can't stop you what you do and with your phone because you're a distance from me. But for me to want to see and take one, he don't feel like taking one. He don't have to justify a motherfucking thing. Because why? He is a person. He plays a superhero on the screen. And so for the grandmother to say you're a superhero, no, ma'am, you're conflating the two. You're, conf- you're conflating and conflicting the two. I am not a superhero. I do not fly in real life. <laughs> I do not save people when things are happening in the world. That's the thing I do as an act. I'm an actor. Okay. So my capacity is to sit here with my cognac and my cigar and enjoy my puff and my cocktail. And that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And so that's what I say. And you can be mad, and that's fine. You have the right to be upset, but I'm not taking a photo with you. But I will share this moment with you. Just like when you met Snow Allegra. Mm-hmm. You want to picture you, you asked her, and she said, I know, but I will share this moment with you. And you were like, Okay, I get it. And you were you were so elated, you wanted, but you you are you appreciate it and you understood what she said, and you respected her boundary of that. So, whether a dog child or not, like, you have to understand these celebrities, they're people. They don't want to be bothered all the goddamn time about, and yes, you have the consumer who are watching these films, and, and yes, they're paying, so essentially paying, well, hey, what people said, without them, you wouldn't get a paycheck. That's not true. They signed a contract, so they'll still get fucking paid through the, through the agent and their con. So... That logic doesn't make sense, but I get people trying to go with that, but I will still get paid because I have a contract with this 
um, studio mm-hmm. company. So that's my response. So I'm Team Anthony all day. What say you? Um, I'm Team Anthony too because listen, entitlement is real and it needs to be eradicated. Yes, across the board, and I think that. This was a coachable moment for the child, which unfortunately the grandmother didn't take into account and really utilize. Like, of course, you see someone you know, you like, you idolize, absolutely go ask for an autograph or a picture because eight times out of ten, they'll do it for you. Mm-hmm. But in the instances where they don't, when the little kid came back over, this was a perfect time for the grandma to be like well you put yourself out there I'm proud of you but this just goes to show not everybody has to do everything at all times Yes. you know it didn't work out this time but maybe next time if you see someone that you know and idolize it will happen for you I like that so I like don't you said that. stop trying when people tell you no this would have been a great example that she could have said, hey, because life ain't fair. Right. And you get way more no's than you do yeses. Hello. But that shouldn't detour you from consistently trying. And this could have been his aha moment to say, you know what? You're right, Nana. Let's go get some ice cream. And she could have probably taken him to ice cream and softened the right, bowl to make, it to make him, him feel better right, for right. him instead Absolutely. of Absolutely. instead of going over with him recording and her saying, excuse me, Mr. Mackey. Like, <laughs> now you're causing a scene. You're teaching him that he should get what he wants when he wants it from whoever. Yeah. And if he doesn't, then he should, you know, Cause a scene. That's what yeah. she's. That's what she's yeah. teaching. Not my grandma. You gonna yeah. take a picture of my grandma? That's what she's. Well, that's what she's teaching him. Yeah, yeah. And you know that's not gonna play well when he gets older and tries to you know hit on women and they turn him down. Like you have to think of it in that way. She's not thinking. She, she's, she's, she's not thinking at all. That. She's she not just, thinking at all. She but, sees that her 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 sweet baby. But is it, not but that's the wants. thing we all need to start thinking about yeah. is your sweet baby ain't the only baby in the world. Very true. And will harshly learn that in other ways instead of softly learn that from you. So, you know, it was a bad look. People aren't entitled to do anything that you want regardless of how much you think you know them or the line of work that they do. He is an actor because he likes being a thespian. He likes being you know, different characters and stretching his imagination not because he wants to sign autographs all day long, every single day. Yeah, it's like asking a doctor who's who's a doctor, well, well, you can't tell me, you can't look at this. No, I'm not in my work capacity and neither and you need to go through your insurance. I need to get paid. Yeah, Like, no, like how dare not, you not give me a consultation at the park? Yeah, no, he's not and and it'd be different if he was at the industry event or he was at a, something that was that was promoted that he had to show up for work. That's the, he's on his own time. People don't have to do shit that you want them to do. So lesson learned on all parts. So you know, um, Anthony, shout out to you. <laughs> stay in your conviction, right? We support stay, you here. Stay in your conviction. Stay true to you. Lesson learned, right? All right, friends, we're going to take a break and come back with the Reality Roundup. 
BRB. All right, guys, we're back with the reality roundup, and we are going to start things off with Roni. So what happened with these bitches this week? We're finally off that island. We are off the island from Anguilla. They came back to the States, and Umba was like, you know what? We all need to kind of come together and go to a sound bath slash healing session, which the ladies surprisingly all kind of go to, and... It's interesting how people took in um, the experience. Mm. I would say that. Mm. Um, I think the only person who wasn't present for that was Aaron. Aaron was there. Oh, I thought you meant like mentally present because she was the only one that was like, yeah, I could kind of do without this. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Aaron, yeah, Aaron was there present, but I think Bryn had COVID, right? Yes, Bryn had COVID. Bryn had COVID. So, you know, we we um we see that 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 happens, but that's in the episode. But prior to that, we see that Cy and Aaron have a a double date with their husbands, and they talk about some topics, um, and which none sex happened. The topic of not having sex for a year and a half comes up. No, the topic of just uh, just uh, comes up. Let's just call <laughs> it what it is. Like, it Let's just call it what Jessel. it is. Uh, yeah. These hating ass bitches talk about Jessel. <laughs> now listen, I have not been a fan of Jessel this entire season and I've been upfront about it, but at this point, they are honestly, they put Jessel in that first seat at the reunion because yes. they keep that woman's name in their mouth. They really do. For whatever reason. For her to be the most forgettable, they stay talking about this bitch. For no reason. She's an olive in their martini. True. <laughs> they, they, they're like, oh, we can do without it, but then we like to eat it that time. But yeah, you just can't help but look at it. Yeah. And so, to the point, they asked the question, um, if you didn't have sex for a year and a half, and Aaron Hess was like, I'll be fucking someone else, basically. I'm paraphrasing. But he basically was like, on camera, yeah, we don't fuck for a year and a half. No, I'm fucking another bitch. Uh, he said it with the straightest face and never broke. not blinking an eye. Yeah, everyone else had the like the awkward. <laughs> he was like, what? Yeah, and then side like, husband funny. was like, uh, I, I wouldn't say that, but you know, doing something else. But what was more interesting to me is the fact that. Um, Aaron's husband had a little flirting thing kind of going on with Cy somewhat. Trying you think to think so? Them. Innocent enough, but the swinger con- the swinger conversation came up between them, right? Because Aaron and her husband, I, I guess at some point in their marriage, had talked about being possibly open. And so that's how it, it kind of comes about. And so Cy's like, wait, you got your swinger? She was like, well, no, but you know, we talked about a threesome, and so Aaron was like, listen, yeah, we talked about threesome, and I don't want another bitch. He do. I want two guys. Mm-hmm. You know, so I love that they're having healthy conversations, and and with that, so that lets me know at least they, you know, that they really do like each other and, and have some positivity kind of going on, but Cy lets it be known, like, we're not swinging. Like, we yeah, ain't trying we ain't don't try to bring this y'all, y'all shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, Looking at Cy and her husband, first of all, they don't even look like 
it's a mismatch. It's a complete mismatch. It's just a mismatch all the way around at the table. We're it's a relationship <laughs> based on security. It is. As much as financial Cy, security. As much as Cy real. talks about growing up with nothing but roaches and popsicles around the house, popsicle sticks on the floor and having negative two thousand dollars in her account and shit. Yep, mama made a, a, some moves <laughs> to yeah. secure her bag and the future. I mean, you gotta do what you the gotta end. do. The end. <laughs> the end. The end. Spin. <laughs> Seriously. So yeah. Um, but yes, that's that. That's that's them. So you know, we had the dinner, and that was we find out like again, like you said, um, they're open to doing some swinging, uh, Aaron and her husband. But we let us see that Brand prior to her getting COVID, she's running these streets in New York. <laughs> Um, going to look at uh, books. old books, Rare. which I found that was very interesting to see. Like, Brynn plays dumb, but she's really fucking smart. And I've always said this. I've always said she has this ability. Like, she's histrionic, but she also, she plays it to her benefit to make you think that she's a dumb blob, but she's a really smart girl. Of course, that's how she gets what she wants from people that go for that sort of thing yeah. while she keeps her cards close to her chest and she has you know her career and a safety net to fall back on but if you could get things without having to necessarily work hard for it why not she's, yeah she's brilliant <laughs> she's using what she's got to, to get, get what, what she, she wants want, baby. and you cannot fault her for you can't well like i said so back to the ladies at the the sound bath which was Interesting and fun. We've done the sound bath together um, once or twice. Yeah, twice. Twice. Good experience. I need to go back. I need to recharge. Yeah, actually, absolutely. So, but they do that. Uma has a really um, a visual reaction to it. She really embodies that whole process and the space and the energy of everything. And she begins to cry. And she, you know... Is thinking about her mother and all of the different things and components in life. And some ladies were receptive. I think Aaron wasn't, Cy kind of wasn't feeling yeah. it either. But during the process, Jessel approaches Cy and it's like, hey, can we get lunch together sometime this week? So Cy's like, uh, why? <laughs> She's like, but okay, I guess we can. And they set a date for that and it happens. Um, so we fast forward to Sai sitting with her daughter, which at a very cute coffee spot. Mm. But I do think that how did you see the interaction with Sai and her daughter? I thought that Sai was living vicariously through her daughter and the things that she has going on in her life, like the ballet and being a ballerina. I feel like Sai wants to is reliving her childhood through her child. I didn't see it that way. I thought of it as I thought the scene was re actually very beautiful and it made Sai for a brief second seem likable mainly because her daughter comes across as so well adjusted and polite and you can tell that they have open honest communication with each other like she doesn't talk to her daughter and like little girl talk with the high voice and so what did you do today you can tell that side talks to her like like she's the only friend that she has that's like, what she talks no to her. she talks to her like she's a person <laughs> that can comprehend no. and that can think critically which 
a person at her age can do and i just thought it was nice they're back and forth like her daughter is it seems very well adjusted sweet and she like bren knows what she wants and that's to be a ballerina and she needs a manager and, <laughs> and right. like like again i think i think that's just how new yorkers and new york kids are brought up because it's like the city is so aggressive and no. and rough that it's like they usually are more advanced for their age and i think that's just uh, this was just an example. I didn't see anything nefarious or, or weird. I think it. the fact Sai talked to her like she's her only friend. Like she she confided, and this little girl looks no older than ten. I'll give you eleven, if that. But she talks to her like she's her best friend, and I'm just coming from the cloth. Your your child's not your best friend. You know, what I'm saying your child's your child, but just the way that the dynamics was was going and just certain things. You can just see that she relies a lot on her daughter for opinions of, of different things in life. So, but it was it was nice to it was nice to see a softer side of her. I will say that. So that was nice. But we all uh, then move on to the lunch, and that's Zoe because she just wants to talk right now. But we move on to the ladies. Uh, and speaking of ladies being Jessel and Sai, meeting up for lunch, finally to have this sit down, and we find out that Jessel has this thing called is it IND? No, I I have no idea. IST Indian Standard Time because uh -huh. she happens to be forty five minutes late to the lunch to meet up with Sai. And I love Bravo because they'll put a little ticker <laughs> to show how late someone actually is to the yeah. show or to, to show up for filming to meet with their partner, their, their castmate. And automatically Sai is in a fucking Attitude. negative space. Mm -hmm. Justin comes in like, oh, hi. <laughs> I'm sorry, am I late? And it's just that with negative energy. So, what did you think about this scene with the, between the two ladies? Well, I think that Sai didn't want to be there, so she shouldn't have been there. And it was an uncomfortable interaction. You can see on Sai's face that she truly was irritated the entire time that Jessel was there. Now, if you did not watch What Happens Live when Jessel was on, she gave you a bit of a tidbit that you wouldn't have known unless you saw unless you saw her on the on the show but she said that Sai was 20 minutes late yes while Jessel was 40 so essentially Sai was not sitting there for 40 minutes the way the episode would have made you think yes granted Sai still sat there for what 20 minutes but i mean there's a huge difference between 20 and 40 minutes just right. saying so Sai just didn't want to be there to begin with. And instead of and for whatever reason, Sai does just does not like Jessel. Which is absolutely fine. We all have our preferences. I just think she needs to be honest with this woman and say, I don't like you for X, Y, and Z, or just we don't mesh well. Our personalities aren't the same. So there's no reason why we should go to lunch. Or if she agreed to go to lunch 
tell her at the lunch. Like, you know what? Not for nothing. I just don't think that we are speaking the same language. And make the lunch be about something instead of you going, having a pissy attitude the entire time, and then leaving early. But see, the pissy attitude also, when someone is side, if Jessel is coming to side, basically saying like, hey, you felt the way when I told my story, my truth. I just want to clear the air, but like, I wasn't trying to compare by no means. I was just saying that this was my experience, and I, I saw that it was very similar. And so, I'm not trying to say I was completely poor, but I, I went through some things, and, and by you sharing, I found it to be relatable. Not saying compare, but it was relatable. Mm-hmm. To the point this whole side says, I really don't care. And that's the point where I was like, I don't fuck with you. I don't like you as a person. I don't. I, I, I dislike you as a person because someone is trying to show you like, hey, I'm what you thought I was trying to say. That's not what I was saying. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to tell you this is what it was. So if you took it this way, I apologize. Just even said that. Like, I'm, apolog- I'm apologizing if you took it this way. That wasn't my intent. My intent was just to be relatable to say, I understand your story. I have a, something that's maybe similar, but not to say who was poor or whatever. But for Sai to take that type of attitude on, that's the part for me is just like, oh, you're doing some mean girl shit. You just want to be a bitch. Just say you don't fucking like her. Like, I can respect that more so. You doing this little mean, nasty girl shit, nasty, nice, is not cool. And that's what I don't respect about this hoe. So, fuck Sai. Yes, yeah, she came into the lunch with an agenda. If she came into that restaurant and Jessel was sitting down waiting for her, she would have still given the exact same energy that she gave. Yeah. So I'm not. It's nasty, nice. Me. I hate. I hate nasty, nice people. Like be nasty. If you don't like someone, just don't fuck with them at all. Like say I don't rock with you. I don't want to sit down with when she asked you at the fucking um, sound bath. Why do you want to lunch for what? What do we have to talk about? Like you could have shut that down there, but you chose not to. You still want to entertain the shit, and that's the nice, nice shit. That's the mean girl shit, and I think that's what Jessa was really. I hope she's now seeing that that's what's happening, and she's not your friend, and she would never ever be your friend. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that pretty much wraps up the whole situation, with the ladies. Though, and you know, moving forward for next week's episode. Jessel ends up at the girls' mouths again. <laughs> like it's like the woman truly can't win. Well, she ends up in her mouth because apparently her husband was, you know, she had her husband in her mouth. Well, not only oh, that, I don't believe that. Oh, they don't believe that she did. Not only that, but there is some stirrings about her husband potentially doing some things, gossip. Um, that gets back to Jessel about her husband potentially, I think it was flirting with someone or being seen with someone. Uh, but either way, yeah, the focus on Jessel's marriage and sex life has been super on the forefront of these bitches' minds all season. It really has. So, we'll see what happens next week. We'll, you know, again, talk about these horrible chicks. Um, that we but, love. That we do love, but I, I just I can't fuck with Sai. Like I just I just don't yeah. fuck with her. Yeah, fuck Sai, said. The end. So that is it with the Rony Gals. We now officially with Love is Blind, getting into that, 
we have a list of the couples. We do. Official and, list, right? Uh, an official list. So we can give our takes on these couples. Okay. And actually catch up in real time. Because last week we wanted to wait um, for you guys to catch up on the episodes. We didn't want to talk about the couples. But now we can. So let's do a deep dive on who these people are paired with and why we think no one will last. <laughs> so first we have Stacy and Izzy. What are your thoughts on this pairing? Mr. Clean. <laughs> I think Izzy, out of all the gentlemen there, Izzy is... I think, well, I told you, I'll tell the friends out there. I don't find Izzy attractive, but he's an attractive person. I think out of all the, the men that, say it again? He's the most attractive there. Out of all, yes. Out of all the men there, he's the most attractive man there. I don't see it, but I also think he's a playboy. He, he knows that he has a certain aesthetic that someone likes his look, right? I think the match with him and Stacy. Mm-hmm. Is it going to work because she is she's used to a certain lifestyle and he's not from cut from that and I don't think that he could he wants to be part of that type of lifestyle with her. I feel like he would want to like bring her down the peg and be like, okay, do you have to do X, Y, Z? And she'll probably fight that like, well, I make this mom and why we why I can't do blah blah blah. Um, so I don't think they're a good pair together. But I really don't. I, I I'm kind of indifferent about Stacy. She doesn't really come off as warm or friendly. Just from the scenes that I've seen with her, mm-hmm. but that's my opinion. What would say you? Uh, Stacy to me comes off as materialistic and judgmental to okay. me, which are not positive aspects, right? Because she literally gave like a breakdown and synopsis on all of the uh, well, not all because there's only two other, but the other couples. Um, when they were at the beach, which leads me to believe that she tends to focus on business that is not her own. And that typically never works out for people on reality shows that do that. <laughs> and, you know, when they had their discussion at her place in her kitchen and she went on this whole rant about how, you know, she doesn't want it to be all about the money and she doesn't want people to think that she's all materialistic and obsessed about you know trivial monetary things immediately after like running down a resume of how her family has money how they always go on trips how her dad and her mom broke up and it was all about money how she's used to things and (laughs) so it's like all right girl well which is it because all you seem to talk about is what you own and giving you know actual monetary value of things that are in your house like we're watching an episode of Cribs. Um, so yeah, I definitely don't think that they're going to make it because opposites attract, yes they do but I just think fundamentally they are in completely different mindsets on what will be important in a relationship. So that's Stacey and Izzy. Next, oh god <laughs> we have Uche and Aaliyah question mark 
<laughs> because this is, I mean, this we need is, a resolution. We need a resolution. Literally, we got so much confusion. Uh, it literally, I mean, this is this could be a spinoff all its own, right. and I truly believe that Uche is hoping for that. Um, all I can say about this relationship is Aaliyah needs to head for the hills now. Aggressively. Aggressively. Now, in last week's episode, we got what seemed to be a resolution with them, actually, because in previous episodes, Aaliyah opted to leave the experiment because of all the situation that stemmed from Uche and Lydia. Crazy ass. (laughs) But... I'm sure producers coerced her to come back for a sit down to which they finally met each other at a restaurant. And surprisingly enough, it didn't seem like either one was impressed with how the other looked. It was kind of like, oh, hello. (laughs) They both were like, yes, this is you. Um, Let's get down to business. So they have their conversation. And even in all of it, the gaslighting that Uche does and the... You know, sidestepping that he does. Aaliyah still came out and said, I am still, I still want to marry you. I still want to be with you. I don't know why. And I feel like her saying that he felt he needed to get one last dig, one last, eh, as you like to say, (laughs) to feel like he is holding the cards. And he said, well, I think this is the end of us. I do not want to get married. And right. the homegirl left off in a huff. Uh, I don't think he actually wants that. I just feel like he wanted to have the upper hand in that situation. He, absolutely. And make her feel whatever he felt when he walked into that pod and she wasn't there, right? So, I don't think this will be the last of them. But I hope it is for Aaliyah's sake and mental stability. What's it? Well, it's not going to be the last of us seeing Uche because he clearly he goes into it with he gets into it with Lydia, and he just does some fuck nigga shit, and that lets me know even further by his actions with that of the type of narcissistic personality disorder he has. Um, so he's gross, Man. and I I just don't. Again, I'm like um, Aunt Carol from Candy Show. I don't want you to marry. But I don't want her to marry him. And hopefully it doesn't happen. So, you know, she can find a, a man that that values her and is not going to belittle her because of her past. Or judge her. Or yeah. even judge. Like, when he got his own skeleton. You, you got mad more shit current, presently going on than she had what she shared with you. So, yeah. So, next couple. Yes. So, next couple. Woo. Is it MAGA? Is it MAGA? You better, you bet your bottom <laughs> American dollar. It JP. is Taylor and JP. Mr. Captain America. Everything is red, white, and blue with red stars pill, red pill. all over it. Yes. Now, in this latest episode, Taylor actually decides to get out of this Trump rally. <laughs> And move on because the entire honeymoon that they had in Mexico, it was what, three, four days? Yes. JP barely spoke to her. And the only time he did speak was in response to questions that she would ask him. Oh, I hate that. And she brought up 
what she perceived as awkwardness several times to him. And they both agreed that the catalyst of that awkwardness is when they first met each other and he proposed. Right. Now, do you want to tell the friends his reasoning behind why he felt awkward when they first met? This man said... If you can call him that. Yeah, he's, he's um. He said because she had on makeup, and he and essentially she misrepresented herself because she had on makeup. So had he met her with no makeup on, because she had lashes, she had some rouge, some foundation. I mean, she wasn't like beat for a drag queen. She wasn't beat to the gods. The same she just thing had that all women essentially daytime daytime light beat going on, and he felt that that was too much. He was even to the point. When I hugged you, I had makeup on my jacket. And it's like, you do like pussy, right? Like, you do understand that women wear makeup. Like, people who don't wear makeup or niggas, men, like, we don't wear that shit. Well, there's some who do. But typically, we don't wear it. So, if you don't want that, maybe you want the man. Like, because women tend to wear makeup to feel, to make them look either better about themselves or to play up just or because they like to. Just cause that's what the fuck they want to do, and you have an issue. You say she misrepresented herself, and you feel like she looks better and natural. Like, and then he tried to double down and gaslight her, say, "Well, ninety five percent of women would love to have a man say that they love to see them without makeup." There's nothing wrong with you preferring a fresh face, but when you you try to do it to make her feel guilty about herself and make her feel bad. You say, "Well, yeah," and weaponize it against her to say, "Well." You know, I, that's why I'm not talking with you because you you misrepresent yourself, basically. And you aren't who I thought you were. She's like, but you never met me. You never you didn't know me. So his whole argument was so asinine. It made no sense. And he's a MAGA because he just is. He's he's brought he took the red pill. And I just think that he just he he wants a woman for sure. But he wants homosexual acts behind closed door with the bros the end he said specifically and i quote her caked up face made her seem fake caked up is a gay slur term well i mean ain't no straight man saying caked up who's saying let's friends out there if you are a heterosexual man please go to the comments on the page on the IG page, let us know if you know what caked up mean. Caked well, up I for mean, men would probably be she got a fat ass. Like caked up well, is not preferring to make a colloquialism in the urban market. Yes. But you say but you I, say I mean, caked up, that's not I, I don't think that's a gay term. But caked up is a gay, very much gay. When you talk with, so. about makeup, I don't think so. Talk to a drag. I mean regardless of very much uh, regardless gay of gay or straight, it is a rude thing to say across the board. Okay. Mainly because her makeup was not caked up. That's the no. crazy part. Regardless of who, the, the how, where the terminology stemmed from, that wasn't the case for her. And it's crazy that he, the fact that she had caked up makeup in that one instance affected his whole honeymoon because the entire honeymoon, she wore zero makeup. None. So, how were you not able to push past that? Like because he, he said, got on his jacket, like he said. <laughs> so you know, so that's maybe I don't maybe, know he did what type of woman he's dealing with. Should have just paid for the dry cleaning, and that would have helped him out. But Possibly. my thing is, I think there is much deeper issues with him, and he's not being honest with himself. I kind of tend to agree with you uh, to a certain extent because 
Yeah, there's got to be more to that than the fact that she, as a woman, is wearing makeup. She's a woman. Um, that's what they do. So, yeah, that's Taylor and JP. She's done with his ass and actually... I'm out. Yeah, she was like, I'm so good. And I'm glad that she didn't wait until, like... Because can you imagine the toll on her self-esteem this would have took if that if she stayed with that fool the entire yeah, for she, four more weeks but she knows her work she's like i'm not doing this with you yeah good for her good for her next we have lydia and milton <laughs> now what i will say when they they are very attracted to each other that is okay, nice to see because it it is not a commonality on these reality shows like this and Married at First Sight. So it is nice to actually see people that want to fuck each other <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a get married or be proposed to. Right. And they are clearly all over each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's all I got for them. I don't have nothing negative. Or The only thing I'm negative I will say is when UJ wanted to sit down with Lydia, I felt that he should approach Milton like, hey, bro, can I talk to you? You don't mind if I talk to your girl for a second? Like, I know y'all engaged. Respect that boundary. People are like, all right, we're going to have a conversation. But we see some upcoming shit that Uche is just a fuck nigga. He's very insecure about shit. And he tries to spend something with Milton. But for now, what we're talking about for as far as these episodes before the new ones that have came out, I think that um, Milton and Lydia, you know, they're just they're having fun. Yeah, I think it's it a bling, not it's a, necessarily it's, a marriage. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. It's like, okay, well, I, we're here, so let's let's give it a try. Yeah, I feel that's what they give because we met Milton. Is is that's what's giving? We met his roommate who is. Them two together are the most whitest black boys I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. And if you don't know what that means, just imagine Carlton from Fresh Prince with an even nerdier Carlton that's like seven feet tall. Hey, it happens. So, but, you know, that's all I have for them. I think that no, I feel like this season needs they need to bring in new people and just this didn't work. It's fine. We'll take the loss. Let's bring a new cast in because I think we only may have two weddings, if that, maybe three, possibly. Well, I mean, we literally at this point going into the episode only have three couples. Now we only officially have two couples uh, because again. Taylor said, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter. So, <laughs> I, I'm very curious as to why they moved forward with this season. I would have thought coming out the pods, only having three actual engagements, they probably been like, okay, shit, let's, you know, let's just throw, let's try this shit again. And like with editing, maybe we can come out with, you know, five solid couples. But yeah, it's, I already see that this season is not going to be relationship focused it's going to be focused on the mess because they're constantly going to have dinner parties and get togethers with the other people that didn't get selected in the pods just so there can be some content yeah content yeah and i think that um 
they saw the writing on the wall. It was like, and also they saw the writing on the wall. It was like, okay, we need to continue filming. And I think they learned that from probably maybe season one or two. And this extended um, episodes, the the OTS stuff, like the fact that they keep up with them six months from now. I think that 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 was a strategy to, again to keep the viewers wanting to know what's going on with the people. But with this season. I think they may be making okay. Well, people may make a connection for someone that they thought they wouldn't make it with that person. So now I see you. I may be in shambles with my shit, but you, you know, you may not, and see how that works out together. So yeah. that's what I think that they were banking on for this, because like you said, it probably should be strapped for this season five. Just need to reboot season five. So. Yeah, it's going to be the season of stunts and shows. Right. So, that's Love is Blind. We are, well, I guess you are, husband, happy to announce that Married at First Sight is back. Married at First Sight is back, but I'm not excited because it's in Denver. And we saw the potential prospects of people. And that's why I'm not excited because the people know Sade to Denver or Colorado, but they aren't lookers there. Um, it is slowly turning into the meth capital of the United States, Colorado in general. But this season of Married at First Sight started with the matchmaking special. Now, of course, this show likes to stretch it out. So we won't actually get the first official episode for another two weeks because right. next week is going to be the episode where we just discuss the couple's. This was the episode where we found out the couples. And I'm just going to quickly go down the list of the four confirmed couples and one half couple because we're left on the cliffhanger because why not? Yeah, right. So first we have Cameron and Claire, the man from New Zealand and the blonde. Okay. Uh, spoiler alert. There's a lot of blondes this se- uh, season. Natural and artificial. There you go. Um... I have no take on them other than I'll give my take next the next yeah, 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 next yeah. episode. Just just let the people know who who's who's on the show. So we have Lauren and Orion, a beautiful black woman and a handsome Indian man. We have Austin and Rebecca, a woman with pink hair and a white man. We have Emily and Brennan, two Caucasians in love, maybe. And finally, we have Michael and question mark. Now, we were left on a cliffhanger, and I'm very curious to get your take on as to why would they leave on a cliffhanger with Michael specifically? Well, I don't think it's going to be a man he's going to be um, marrying. So, <laughs> to ratings, I feel like, yeah, because they also, uh, spoiler alert, um, for this season for Mad at First Sight. Apparently, this year, something happens which never has happened before. Out of the five couples, only four get married dun, um, dun, dun. at the altar. So, we've had the, we've had all five get married before, then after, you know, a week or two, they leave. But, no, someone walks out and a, a groom is jilted. So, I think they're just trying to conjure up something because, let's be honest, these people, they weren't that it just wasn't giving. Uh, again, watching the, the matching episode, 
It's not giving. It's giving low budget. It's giving, are you about to get canceled? It's giving, you should, You guys should take the cue from Married at First Sight UK. Come with a better show. So, Well, that's Married at First Sight. <laughs> Can't wait to figure out who Michael is getting married to next week. So come back for that. Right. Um, so, Big Brother, spoiler alert, if you guys haven't watched it, for, fast forward to like 30 seconds. But... All I'm going to say is hashtag justice for Mimi. Justice for Mimi. That's she all played I mean. a good game. She, my girl played. She's a beautiful chocolate, beautiful woman. And she played a good game. She was under the radar. Like, she, I thought she had the chance to go way further. At least make it to jury. But she didn't make it to jury, unfortunately. Um, and we don't want to tell you guys too much. So, if you watch it, we'll talk about it next week. And you'll see who is all... And for jury on Big Brother. I'm surprised that Siri is still fucking there. I need that bitch to be gone, though. I need her to go. But the thing is... She's, Siri, I'm sorry. But the thing is, the moves that are currently being made, I can already see the puzzle pieces for, I would say, about the next three weeks moving it forward. And Siri has nothing to do with any of that. But I don't need her to be anywhere close near a top four, top five. But see, the thing is, I absolutely see it happening. And what I said before, Jared leaving would be the best absolute thing for her game. And it turning and it's turning out to be the truth. Because she no longer has a built-in alliance. She's no longer dominating the game and she's doing exactly what she should be it which is staying the fuck out of the way laying solo we barely saw anything from siri this episode which very true is very a, true drastically different than the, the last season two has been, very has yeah. been. Yeah, so absolutely i think everyone is pointing guns at each other and when the smoke clears, Siri will be there standing because no. every I know well, your personal bias aside, what actually the reality is, I can see regardless of who wins HOH over the course of the next three weeks, mm-hmm. there are targets that are so talked about now, and it's multiple of them that I I may not see the order. But I can see the next three people out of this house. I, 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 and none I, of them I are serious. Literally none of them are serious. I hear you going with that. But yeah, we, as we know with Big Brother, anything can change in a matter of a second. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens. But we want to leave off on... We said this show was brought to you by Beyonce Renaissance Tour and Mama's Vagina because it's amazing on the tour. And... Her last show was October 1st in Kansas City. And as soon as that show was over, baby, they ran a trailer. Mm-hmm. And you guys, Renaissance is coming to your nearest AMC theater, baby. It's coming to the movie theater, darling. December 1st, Renaissance, The Rebirth. I believe that's what it's called. But it's a look into the tour and everything like that. Uh, what happened and... And the movie theater, you sit down. It's two and a half hours long. So, we're here for that. We'll be seeing it November 30th. Fat. You know what I'm saying? 11.30. Cuffing it in the seats with popcorn. <laughs> but, I will say, so we're happy for that. So, friends out there, you know, get your tickets for that. 
Um, we want to, you know, continue the Renaissance experience because the summer was popping with Renaissance. Like it everyone's really talked about it. It made the it, summer. It made the summer. It's made our lives. It, it brought some joy back. It's recreate. It's reconnected people to love back to her. Like I said, her and I fell back in love with each other last year, and it's just a good fucking thing to see. And so I can't wait to see it in the movie theater with like-minded people. And we're gonna be turned the fuck up, right? Yeah. So, friends, that leaves us for this episode. We want to thank you for tuning in, hanging out with your boys for almost two hours. You know, again, this is what it is. So, you have 22 more hours to be with yourself. Be kind to each other. Smile. Say hi to your neighbor. Don't wet them with a water hose. But if they if they do wet you, run your car into their fucking house, okay? Until next time, friends. Bye, bye friends. friends. Today's episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend is brought to you by the letter A. A listen, did y'all really think we were gonna teach y'all something? This podcast is just to have a kiki with my husband. Tune in next Friday for an all new episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend. Follow us on Instagram at Oh, That's My Gay Friend or email us your questions at Oh, That's My Gay Friend at gmail.com. Until next week, bye friends.